You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. You just crossed over into the Trend Zone, Dave, here with Casey. And we are the football dudes. Are you ready, brother? Gobble, gobble, hey. It's I was what I like to call a turkey day and Ramones mashup, Dave. <laughs> Next stop, the trend zone. It's Tuesday, November twenty second. We're coming at you from Los Angeles, California. And it is a sunny well, the sun's going down. It's sixty-four and getting a little cooler here, Casey, but pretty nice day indeed. In today's episode, we'll talk Turkey Day Trio, of course. A couple of running backs getting the axe. Collusion? Mm-hmm. A little Survivor Fantasy Go Back starts of the week. Some total fantasy domination. And we'll peruse the waiver wire to find some choice free agents to help you make that final playoff push for your fantasy squad. And of course, Casey, we'll preview all the awesome games coming up in the upcoming week in the NFL. But first, let's get it started with the tasty nug for the people. What you got, Casey? Dave, it's been a theme running through this season, man. Ten of the 12 games in Week 11 were within one score in the fourth quarter, and there have been 126 games within one score in the fourth quarter this season, Dave. That is the most through the first 11 weeks in NFL history. Also through Week 11, there's been 72 games decided by a touchdown or less. The most such games through the first 11 weeks all time, Dave, is Thanksgiving why don't you uh, share a couple nugs to show that you have some thanks as well, bro? <laughs> How about the comebacks, Casey? Teams, three teams overcoming a deficit of at least 10 points on Sunday. That was the Falcons, the Raiders, and the Eagles. There's been 35 games in which a team has come back from a deficit of at least 10 points to win or tie this season. That is the most ever for the first 11 weeks of the NFL season all the time, Casey. And five games last week. There was the Atlanta, Vegas, Philly, New England, and unfortunately, Kansas City were decided by a game-winning score in the final two minutes of regs or in overtime. There's been 39 games decided in that last-second nail-biter fashion this season. That is tied for the most ever through 11 weeks, Casey, all-time. Dude, again, week in and week out, never fails. We're on the edge of our seats Watching these games, watching these comebacks, watching these close finishes, man. Yeah, dude, you cannot cash those checks until the game is over, man. It is. <laughs> it's craziness. I love it. All right, Casey, let's uh, remind our people that the Trend Zone is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. Casey, let's roll into the top trending stories here. We'll get this thing started with a little fiesta south of the border, man. Oh, yeah, dude. Monday Night Football from Estadio Azteca. The Niners all over those Cardinals, 38 to 10. But just the, you know, the feedback from the players and coaches said it was an amazing atmosphere. It looked rad, the rain coming down and all that red out there on yeah. the field is pretty cool. You know, they're going to hit this market uh, many more times in the future, dude. Yeah, dude. And that was a home game for Arizona on the schedule. But man. <laughs> In the in the in the crowd there, that was no doubt. Not only was it a blowout on the field for the 49ers, the fans were lapping it up, man. There was a ton of Niner fans there celebrating. Yeah, 49er Nation, baby, is strong all over the world. Boom. All right, Casey, a couple of guys 
strangely, at this point in the season, a couple of running backs getting the axe, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, the Broncos have moved on from Melvin Gordon, dude. On Monday, they waived him. He's had a lot of fumble issues, but um, after uh, Williams went down, you know, and Edmonds, they got in the trade. He he went down, and now it's Latavius Murray who started the damn season on the Saints, man. I don't know what the hell's going on with the Broncos, dude. Um, it's craziness there, but, uh, yeah. you know, Russ isn't getting fired, so somebody got to get the axe. It can't <laughs> be Russ's right. fault. Yeah. How about the Rams, dude? That was kind of a shocker. They wave running back Daryl Henderson on Tuesday. He was a third-round pick just as back as 19, man. That's pretty young, fresh legs for a running back. And, uh, you know. They're leading rusher. Yeah. And it's, you know, he's been in all 10 games, seven starts this year, including uh, last week uh, against New Orleans. I don't understand, you know. I mean, I guess running backs are a dime a dozen. Maybe the Rams are out of dimes. You know, yeah, they don't like Cam Akers either, and they're not running the ball well. Maybe they just don't like to run. I don't know what's going on with the Rams. Ugh. Oh, that O line. I'll tell you, they 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 can't can the O line, Casey. There's no. not enough of them. All right, Casey. The NFL Players Association files a collusion claim regarding the refusal of teams to give veteran players fully guaranteed contacts. React. Well, you know, overall, I I would see a point, but this is the blowback from the other 31 teams asking the Browns, what the hell were they doing when they yeah. gave Deshaun Watson a quarter of a billion dollars, dude, to come in there fully guaranteed? That's not a sustainable, you know, process to do when you're signing the guys. Granted, they get their signing bonus, but fully guaranteed, $250 million, dude. It's setting a bad precedence. Yeah. And teams like you, us again, and a few, you know, you're going to have to sign Herbert in a couple of years. We're going to have to re-sign Dak. Yeah. It's just mucking that up, and none of the owners want any of that business, dude. Yeah, Biscotti was the first one to say, that's a stupid move. Now, obviously, that has really hindered his ability to re-sign Lamar Jackson uh, to the to the Ravens. I think this is a, uh, you know, the, the Browns were an aberration. They did something that was horribly out of precedent uh, for the NFL because yeah. of, of their stinking desperation. And it's... Um, not only do fans who used to root for the Browns no longer root for them because of that guy that they gave that money to, but also the rest of the league is not rooting for them because of that contract that they give that definitely fouls everything up. And we look at other sports like Major League Baseball and the NBA with these sa- these contracts that are saddling teams years after the players are no longer performing. I don't understand what the deal with that is. There has to be some correlation to showing up and playing and playing to some degree well to get your money. Yeah, Bobby Benilla has been retired for like at least 10 years and he was still getting checks from the Mets up until like recently, dude. Yeah, and like Lamar Jackson has a point. If Deshaun is worth 250 million, what am I worth with my MVP and have gone to the playoffs and, you know, so yeah. you can't get mad at the player. It's definitely the Browns muck this up for everybody. A dumb, dumb move by those guys. Yeah. Casey, uh, this year the NFL uh, is celebrating John Madden and his classic sort Boom. of uh, boom is all that stuff. I'll tell you what, um, his Thanksgiving kind of, uh, just the vibe that he set there with the whole, uh, turducken thing, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. And it, it seems like it's going to be a pretty cool deal. Yeah, totally dude. Um, there's going to be broadcast tributes, um, on CBS, Fox and NBC all, um, uh, you know, showing love to Madden there. And uh, they're going to each network will select a Madden player of the game who will get a $10,000 donation in their name from the NFL Foundation to the youth or high school football program of their choice. That's really cool there. 
And, you know, this new generation, they might not even know that Madden used to be a coach. They're just, you know, they know him from the football game franchise. Yeah. But this is cool because growing up, Madden was synonymous with Thanksgiving and the turducken and all that. And, yeah. you know, uh, the players on the field afterwards getting the ham hocks. Nate Newton, I remember as a kid, you know, watching him crush those. So this is a cool thing. It's paying homage to one of the um, most iconic football um, coach personalities ever so i yeah. think this is very fitting absolutely and is the player of the game going to be the dude with the most sweat on his butt or something like that i'll tell you what get on the telestrator circle the crack and you see how much sweat is down the back of those shorts you know he really did his job <laughs> okay so moving on to the three uh three strikes survivor pool um i was officially eliminated uh la- the week prior thanks to the raiders i'm still bitter um what about you well, I died in all of those, but I've already won the life after death pool. So I've completed three of them this year. So I've run wow. two out of three ain't bad losing. I did get the last one, but the most popular correct pick last week was the Ravens over the Panthers. And the most popular incorrect pick was the Giants over the Lions. And moving into next week, Casey, it is the Dolphins over the Houston Texans. That's more than 61% currently in Yahoo. It's a lock, Dave. Damn. Yeah. Woo. Okay, Casey. Fantasy go backs to start. Uh, fantasy go back starts of the week. Did you have any uh, in retrospect terrible moves as a coach? GM, well, not, owner, whatever you're not terrible. I you get where I was going with this. I started Kadarius Tony, figuring he would have a bigger role with those Chiefs, and he ended up getting hurt and getting me a zero. Had I played Allen Robinson instead of him, um, I would have still gotten blowed out by 36 points instead of 46 points. So. <laughs> <laughs> Having trouble getting in and staying in a playoff position. Took that big L, but Dave, I, there's still a few weeks, man. I'm not giving up. I'm going to fight till the end. Fight on, Casey. I'll tell you what. I was uh, super brilliant when I selected a defense to, to replace my um, by defense of the Buccaneers well in advance. Then, last minute, I found out Hopkins wasn't going to play or was maybe not going to play. And I was going to go ahead and acquire a receiver. I accidentally cut the defense that I was planning on playing that week, which was Washington. And instead I had to pick up scramble style, the Cincinnati defense that lost me 23 points. And then Hopkins played and had a pretty (laughs) nice game. I would have played him instead of Isaiah McKenzie, who got a zero. Hopkins got a 9.1, the grand total of 32.1 points. I lost out on, and I still would have only been fourth place in our league. No money there. But the good news, all of that screw up didn't cost me. I edged out the bolt action by a couple of points, and I got the W. I've won four out of the last five. That puts me in the sixth and final playoff spot. Now all I got to do is cling to it like my life depended on it. That's the spot I held on to last week, and it looks like lightning strikes gave bolt action a little to the neck there. But Dave, my suggestion is distribute the nugs before you start hitting that waiver wire. Okay. I'll tell you what, man. Okay. Let's move it on to some fantasy, uh, total fantasy domination. Casey, who, uh, lit up the scoreboards last week. Dude, this cat's been living there, man. Joe Burrow for Los Burrows Locos, 355 pass yards, Four touchdowns, baby. Wow. Impressive. No doubt about it. How about Tony Pollard, Casey? Mm-hmm. You're Dallas right. Cowboys as well as the dawn of the donkey in our league. 
80 rush yards, 109 receiving yards, and that awesome receiving touchdown. Uh, that was two receiving touchdowns total, but that one man over the over the shoulder, what that a beauty. That little wheel route was awesome. Woo. And then Devontae Adams, what the hell's going on with all these donkeys? We got those Burroughs Locals, Donna the Donkey, now Disco Donkeys. <laughs> Devontae Adams, man, for them Raiders, 141 yards, two receiving touchdowns, including and the of game course, winner in overtime. Oof. Oh, you just yeah. want to rock wide over the uh, Raiders winning? <laughs> Travis Kelsey, Casey. I just don't want to. I don't, I don't even want to get into this. Travis Kelsey for the Green Bud Packers and the Kansas City Chiefs. 115 receiving yards, three receiving. So felt like we had him contained. <laughs> yeah, right. Dude, like his last it. two primetime games, seven touchdowns for Kelsey. Man, geez. Damn, lighting it up, dude. All right, let's talk about um some some people to grab uh, if you happen to need somebody on uh in a pinch this week to stream at the quarterback position. Yeah, there's not a lot out there, but Trevor Lawrence, he's going against a suspect Baltimore Ravens defense. Maybe it's really a uh, uh, hit and uh, miss with Trevor Lawrence, but maybe you can get it right against those Ravens. And speaking of hit and miss, Derek Carr, man, playing those Seahawks, coming off a real nice game against the Broncos. Maybe he'll show you some love. He's got uh, Devontae Adams out there, if you haven't heard. Yeah, and Casey Slim Pickens as usual at the running back position, but Smajay Pirine played well when Mixon went out. So if Mixon can't go, that would be a good pickup. Gus Edwards didn't play last week uh, for the Ravens, but hey, if he's back, then he would be a good pickup as well. And then Kieran Williams for the Rams. There's got to be some more carries to go around, even though they're they haven't been great at running the ball. Kieran Williams has got a lot of talent. Um, it would be fun to see him get going, and he might just be a awesome pickup this week. Yeah, and dude, that receiver, your guy, Josh Palmer, man, uh, had Williams and Allen back last week. Williams goes down again. Josh Palmer, 106 yards, two touchdowns. And then Traylon Burks, dude, last Thursday night, seven grabs for 111. Nice. How about at tight end, Tennessee's Austin Cooper, two touchdowns last week. Hardly expect him to repeat that. Nonetheless, though, he's getting targeted quite a bit. And then Washington's Logan Thomas finally getting a little bit healthy. We'll see um, if he can get out there and perform in case you need a tight end in a pinch. All right, Casey, enough of this fantasy stuff. Let's get on to the actual game previews. There are no buys this week, although there are still more buys next week. I think uh, with the Thanksgiving, maybe they didn't want to thin out the the uh, Sunday schedule too much having buys. But Casey, it is, in fact, week 12. 12 week 12 it's slipping away <laughs> all right casey it certainly is slipping we're gonna away. get things started here casey with the thanksgiving day trio of treats this is a a, a re- really an awesome slate of games really a good slate of games here uh we'll get it started it is the buffalo bills uh, at the Detroit Lions, Detroit, excuse me, the Bills on the road are favored by eight and a half. And one of these teams, Casey, is on a three game win streak and the other is playing back to back games in Detroit. Hmm, interesting juxtaposition. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll start with the game, uh, the team playing back to back games in Detroit. How about the Buffalo Bills, man? Um, they were a little scared of the snow last week, so they went ahead and moved that Cleveland game to Detroit. And, um, <laughs> Josh Allen, man, when he's not mistake prone, <laughs> he's looking <laughs> like an MVP, you know, and luckily those mistakes haven't cost him too much. And they've come early enough in the year that there's still time to get that right. And they're all uh, figuring stuff out there. But um, him and Stefan Diggs, man, there was that touchdown last week against the Browns where there wasn't a Brown defender 
probably 15 oh, yards yeah. around Diggs, and it's like, hey, that's the end zone. You might want to cover the guy there. Yeah. Um, you know, and Devin Singletary is not getting a lot of love, but, man, this season high last week, 86 yards, had a TD. He's had 90-plus scrimmage yards in three of his past four road games. So in their road, uh, their home away from home, man, maybe they can get that going again. So um, it's a great defense, great offense, clean up the mistakes, get back to that form they had going into this season uh, that carried over from last season when they were looking like a, a legit Super Bowl contender, man. Yeah, and how about this Lions squad, dude? A uh, handful of weeks back, I said this is the best one and six team in the league, and I meant it. <laughs> you would be wrong to call them that now, though, Dave. Yeah, that's right, because they have got a three-game winning streak on, and they're looking to make it four in a row. They're sitting at four and six, and they're playing some good football. They were playing good football before, but they were just finding a way to come up a little short, whether it's their offense uh, sputtering or their defense just giving up crap loads of points. Certainly, uh, they do that on a weekly basis. But um, you know what? They've got the the running game going pretty well with Jamal Williams, three touchdowns last week. DeAndre Swift, another touchdown uh, in their domination of what was a pretty good Giants team up to this point in the season. So, so surprising, um, surprisingly dominant performance, 31 to 18 at the Giants last week. So uh, this Lions team is playing hard for Dan Campbell. There's no doubt about it. That's been the case the entire season, and now it's starting to come together and you know, and result in wins. And Aiden Hutchinson, dude, this guy's putting his, his resume together for Defensive Rookie of the Year, second career interception, first fu- f- um, career forced fumble last week. So Hutchinson leading the team with sacks um, with five and a half on the season. So this Lions team is going to have to play, obviously, a flawless football game. Uh, Maybe this... not flawless with the way that uh, Josh Allen's been turning it right. over. If Josh Allen is going to be willing to cough up the football, and uh, especially in crunch time and, and around the red zone, uh, and maybe this Lions team is in position to cash that in, dude. So um, this will be a fun game, no question about it. No doubt about it. It's a bad time to get the Bills, though, because I don't think they're very happy right now. <laughs> uh-uh. All right, Dave, up next, the New York Giants. At my Dallas Cowboys, and the Cowboys are eight-point favorites at home. Yes, and uh, these guys obviously played again, uh, previously this year um, in September, and the score, the Cowboys came away victorious 23-16. to 16. Last That's week, right. <laughs> that's right. Last week it was the Giants getting uh, smoked by the Lions. So the, the Giants, though, still sit with a very – uh, impressive seven and three record, just like your Cowboys, Casey and Daniel Jones coming off of a really nice uh, game last week, 341 passing yards uh, and two touchdowns uh, in that loss. I guess they just weren't able to cash in enough points there. Um, Barkley has been running the ball very well for them this this season. But last week it was Darius Slayton who really got things going for them. Five catches and 86 yards. Um this Giants team seems to have a better record than they actually are, and this yeah. will be an interesting measuring stick, I think, for them. Uh, if they can run the football on the Cowboys, that will be impressive. I don't know if they're going to be able to get it done. Saquon's averaging 4.5 yards a carry, just six touchdowns on the year. That's around average for the for the running for this year. So it's nothing special, special. You know, in particular, and that Cowboys defense, I'm sure you'll get to them. They're pretty uh, stout up front. Yeah, dude. And Jalen Smith is on those Giants coming back to play in Dallas. But I'm here to talk about the Cowboys. Um, It's hard not to 
get too excited about what we saw last week, that 40-3 to ass-kicking of the Ooh. Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota, man. And uh, just so impressed with that. And, you know, they moved the goalpost for Dak when the team doesn't win. Oh, Dak is trash, isn't that? He's not, you know, he's not he's a not trash? back. Yeah, no, Dak is not, dude. 22 <laughs> of 25 last week, 88%. 276 and two TDs. You mentioned that dime he gave to Tony Pollard out at the backfield. And the offensive line is getting much better, and we're starting to see that in pass protection and the run game there. Um, You met Tony Pollard, dude, uh, 75-plus rush yards last week, 100-plus receiving yards, two TDs. Man, this guy is making the most of his opportunities. But yet there were still two touchdowns for Zeke last week, too. It's a great combination, dude. Zeke does that. Third and one, fourth and one, no problem. Four, fourth and goal from the one, he's going to get those, man. He's one of the best at those. So you want him for the short yard and kind of the, the bruising things that he needs to do. And how about that C.D. Lamb catch on the sideline right before halftime? Um, Brett Maher hits the 60-yarder, and then the NFL says, wait a minute, we're going back to check to see if that was a catch. <laughs> yeah, it was a catch. Oh, he's got to bang a 60 again. No problem, dude. He hit that. Um, and it was that offense that kind of got the Vikings out of their run game. So, you know, hopefully they can do that with the Giants, too, and take Saquon out of that, even though he's on the foul boys on my fantasy team. But got to love what I <laughs> saw. Out, case. Uh, yeah. Out of the defense. Speaking of sacrifice, how about seven sacks last week? Not just Mike, although he had to. Everybody was getting in on that. And if you can force the opponent into passing only situations, that's just bad news for them. Um, Anthony Brown came back and was able to play in the game after being in the concussion protocol. And Trayvon Diggs, man, he shut Justin Jefferson down. This is not a, a DB that usually travels, but after the results of that, this might be something you see moving forward. This would be a huge opportunity for the Cowboys to not only sweep the Giants, but to move ahead of them in the wild card standings and have an outside shot at catching the Eagles. The Eagles still have a bunch of divisional games to play, yeah. so anything can happen. But get this win at home, beat up a banged up Giants team, sweep them, be done with them, and get that mini buy and head into next week. Got some real winnable games for the Cowboys here. So catching the Eagles is not out of the realm of possibility, but handle our business and see what happens. Casey, there's enough porridge for both Zeke and Pollard. That's right. I want Zeke and TP with the two spoons, two spoons, (laughs) four spoons, tons of porridge. Let's go. Up next, Casey, the New England Patriots at the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings are at home favored by three. Still licking their wounds, though, right? Yeah, dude, and it's bad news for these Vikings because this uh, Patriots defense is legit, too. Matthew Chudon, dude, had a sack and a half last week, and uh, he's had a sack and a half in three of his last four games, dude. Um, A tackle for loss in three of his last four, man. And he leads the NFL with 13 sacks. Lots of sacks there for uh, Judon. Offense struggling. Mac Jones was 23-27 last week, 85 completion percentage, 246 yards, 104 passer rating. What did that get him? Squat. They had three damn points the whole game. But you know what they did have at the end was Marcus Jones. How about that, dude? A walk-off, 84-yard punt return touchdown. To, what was it, 15 in a row over the Jets now? Something crazy yeah, like that. At least 14, um, right? So exciting for a game that to that point had six total points. So 
rely on your defense. Hopefully they can get that run game going and Mac needs to find the end zone for these Patriots. But hey, right now Patriots are in the playoffs. Yeah. Get a win. Stay in the playoffs. Okay, hopefully this Vikings team uh, can play better than they did last week when they got shellacked by your Cowboys. It was a humbling, humbling For, game. You mean the 40-3 to three That's game? That's right, where they lost oh, yeah. by 37 points, oh, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Okay. They didn't get in the end zone the entire game. Um, the last time these two teams played, though, Kirk Cousins was pretty awesome, um, and he had a 73% uh, passing, et cetera, et cetera. Dalvin Cook has been running the ball well for these guys, generally speaking. And Justin uh, Jefferson has been on a tear for the first two and a half years of his career. Uh, he's looking to, without a doubt, uh, get the most yards uh, in the first three seasons all time by a, a rookie receiver. He's at 4,109 yards, and uh, it's just another 100. It's not even 100. It's about 60 more yards, and he'll have that record. So there's no doubt, unless something terrible happens, he is going to be... Uh, the most yardage gained by a receiver in his first three years by a long shot. Um, and you know what? Um, it wouldn't surprise me if these, these guys got back going again. But like you said, that Patriots, Patriots defense has been very impressive uh, and able to shut down um, some really high-quality offenses. They take things away. Can they take Justin Jefferson away like your Cowboys did last week? And then can Dalvin Cook get things going uh, for these guys? He's averaging 5.1 yards a carry. It's a pretty nice uh, yards per carry uh, average. And I don't know that they want this thing to fall on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. Even he's been uh, efficient. Like I said, the last time these guys played, he was a pretty nice performance. But on the season, just an 85.6 quarterback rating. So really not quite as efficient, interestingly, as he has been in past seasons, even though now he's under an offensive coach in Kevin O'Connell. So switch it over to the defensive side of the ball. These guys have got some players. Uh, Daniil Hunter playing decent for them at Kendricks as well as on the backside Patrick Peterson and Harrison Smith the domer but the guy I want to talk about here Casey the uh Zadarius Smith leading yeah. the team with nine and a half sacks he is a difference maker so uh and in prime time he shines he has 22 sacks in 22 career primetime games so chalk up him up for a sack and another part that of this game plan that could be big and it might not fall the Vikings way, but they're plus seven in the giveaway takeaway ratio. Uh, if they can somehow end up on the positive side of that against a, uh, a well-coached Patriots team, as we know, uh, that would be usually advantageous for them. Maybe uh, Zadarius can show Kirk how to do that primetime thing because the primetime has That's not been right. kind to Kirk. Good point, man. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll be stoked, though, sitting in that food coma crushing some apple and pumpkin pie just watching that night game oh baby it is gonna be good i love that they gave us that triple header all right dave we're moving on to sunday bro we got the denver broncos at the carolina panthers and the broncos are two and a half point favorites on the road yeah casey i'll just be brief on this and the broncos hiring of nathaniel hackett and the trade for russell wilson's not working out quite as planned and that's the good news compared to the other side. The Panthers fired their head coach, traded their best player. This game is now more about draft positioning than winning. And on a, on a side note, Casey, an interesting side note, Sam Darnold's going to be starting for the Panthers. That'll make his first cent start since January of 21. It'll be, that'll be the most interesting part of this whole thing is, can Sam go out there and show us anything 
to lead us to believe that he's an NFL quarterback. That's tough, dude. That Broncos defense is very stingy. <laughs> yeah, that's not a good, not a good uh, opportunity. <laughs> Welcome back, Sam. You. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back. All right, up KC next. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, at the Cleveland Browns. Bucks on the road are favored by three. Yeah, Bucks, man, getting that a bye week at a good time after going over to Munich and slapping down those Seahawks, man. Um, you know, we we got some vintage Tom Brady the week ahead of that, and then we saw him go out there and handle the Seahawks. Maybe they finally started fighting through all these injuries and are starting to look, you know, like the Buccaneers that we know, especially offensively. Um, the defense has been picking their form back up. But on the offense, dude, Chris Godwin looks like he's back. Julio Jones had the nice touchdown in Germany. Um, but what's interesting with these guys is the, is the running game. Uh, playoff Lenny's not been doing his thing there, but Rashad White, man, this guy, the rook, is starting to look pretty damn sweet there. So, um, you know, this guy's got uh, sights on taking this starting running back job and yeah. with that bye week maybe they added a lot more for him um so we'll see what happens with these guys but it's gonna be vintage tom brady and the bucks they're gonna get healthy they're gonna round into yeah. form they're gonna go ahead and take over this nfc south and they're gonna be a hard damn outcome playoff time so um it'll you know the browns do run the ball well but i think um i, I like the bucks in this Oh, Tom Big Brady. Time, Casey. How, how yeah. are you against him? <laughs> I'm not going against Tom Brady this week, Casey. I'll tell you what. Cleveland comes in at three and seven, uh, and coming off a a loss um, against Buffalo in Detroit uh, last week. And now you're um, just making stuff up. <laughs> I heard three cities there. Exactly. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. Jacoby Brissett played uh, well last week with a season-high 28 completions and 324 yards and three touchdown passes, a 116 rating. Uh, a lot of those are uh, peaks uh, for him for the whole season. And Amari Cooper looked really impressive, 113 yards and two touchdowns. Donovan Peoples-Jones also grabs a touchdown pass uh, last week. Those are all positives indeed. And Nick Chubb 100, uh, has been rushing the ball well all season. Kareem Hunt also uh, a nice one-two tandem where, uh, that you mentioned. These guys can run the football, and they can run it on anyone, really. Nick Chubb averaging 5.3 yards a carry. It's pretty impressive. Um, you know, the issue isn't as much on that as, you know, because they can certainly run the ball, but they have a lot of turnovers, a negative five in the turnover ratio with um, 13 giveaways, and it's only um, five interceptions from Brissett. So it's a lot of fumbles for some reason, not – not you know having good ball security, but turn it over to the defensive side, and you've got some good players in Miles Garrett, no question. Um, he ha he's a sack machine there, and we got Jok Owusu Koromaya also uh, you know had a real nice game. He's a tackling machine, but the you know ultimately these guys can't stop the run very well, and that is not a good situation going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad that wants to really try and get Rashad White a lot of nice touches after last week's nice performance. I think they're going to be able to run on the Browns like most teams can, um, and uh, that's going to be the story of the game. Then Tom Brady just has to be back there and just sort of pick and choose when he's going to attack. Yeah, also for the Bucks, Gio Bernard's 21-day window is opening to get him back on the field for those guys. He does a lot of nice stuff out of the backfield, too. So uh, Interesting. It's trending up for the Bucks, not yeah. so much for the Brownies. All right, Dave, up next, the Baltimore Ravens at the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the Ravens are four-point favorites in this one. 
Yeah, the Ravens come in seven and three, uh, having uh, played a, a sluggish game last week, but coming away with a win. You kind of sometimes in this league, when you're a good football team, you have to win when you don't play your best game. And they did that last week. Um, but Lamar got his 24th career rushing touchdown. Um, that's tied for the most uh, among quarterbacks in their first uh, five career seasons in the Super Bowl era. So he's obviously uh, the weapon we know he is. Running the ball with Kenyon Drake has been pretty good there. We'll see uh, if they got get Gus Edwards back or not for this tight uh, tight end. Mark Andrews will be back. He's f- off of the injury list, so that's good news for them. Meanwhile, Demarcus Robinson has had some nice games lately. Last week, it was nine catches, 128 yards for Demarcus Robinson. So excellent performance there. We know this Ravens defense had some sketchy performances in the early portion of the, the, the season. But guess what? They only have three losses. And when we look at their schedule, and I'm not going to rattle them off, but they've got a lot of winnable games. This team yeah. is definitely positioning themselves for a nice playoff run. And they've got talent on defense. They just had some breakdowns, especially in that secondary, though. But linebacker Justin Houston and Patrick Queen, both dudes that can get it done. Houston, nine sacks on the season. These guys do a real good job with the giveaway takeaway. They're plus seven in there. So you really can't give a team that runs as well as the Ravens do as a team more possessions and hope to get uh, get something going and, and get a W. So. Yeah, and the you know the Jags they're starting to assemble the talent. Trevor Lawrence is still, you know, getting mm-hmm. to where they thought he would be when they drafted this guy. Um, Doug Peterson's first year, he's getting them playing competitive. They're in all the games. It's just a mistake or not being able to finish. Those are the growing pains of a young team. But um, I think you know possibly by the end of this year, if not next year, we're really going to start to see uh, where this Jags team is going. No doubt, that'll be the payoff. All right, Casey. Up next, it's the Houston. Texans um, versus the Miami Dolphins and the Dolphins are favored at home by 10 and a half. That's a big number. Yeah, dude. And the Texans, they currently hold the number one draft pick in the 23 draft. Davis Mills hasn't shown to be the answer at quarterback. Dave, they cannot afford to win this game. <laughs> they don't want to Miami, on the other hand, they're on a four game win streak. Um, had the bye. Tough schedule coming up. Niners, Chargers, Bills, Packers, Patriots, Jets. Can't afford to drop one to Houston, but I'm not worried that that's going to happen. Yeah, this one looks like a lack of locks, right? <clears throat> All right, up next, the Chicago Bears at the New York Jets. The Bears are five and a half point favorites on the road. And the Bears, or the Jets could have had Justin Fields, but they went with Zach Wilson. <laughs> Revisionist history for Jeff fan. Okay. Casey, the Bears have lost their last three games each by three points. The Jets scored three points last week. <laughs> Tale of two quarterbacks. You mentioned Fields on one hand, 834 rush yards and six TDs, both good for fifth best in the league for rushing and uh, rushing TDs. So rushing wow. yardage and rushing TDs. So Fields on pace for 1,288 yards. That would be an NFL record for QBs, Casey, especially with that one game where he ran, I believe, for 178 yards. Fields coming off that shoulder injury, Casey, very concerning. But the Bears are hopeful he can play. And for the Jets, Zach Wilson has only one game, Casey, in which he's thrown more touchdowns than picks. That's not good. And the Jets are somehow 6-4, and and the Bears are 3-8. and All that (laughs) stuff I said doesn't seem to make sense with the way that finishes, does it? No, I mean, they're on crazy pills there in New York. It's amazing that they're six and four. They're building a team, but I'm not, we talked about it. I'm not sure Zach Wilson 
is the answer there too. But uh, they got all those damn picks, so um, you know maybe we see them take a stab in another quarterback. Oof! Wow. All right, Casey, Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans in a real good game. The Bengals are on the road and are favored by a point and a half. This, of course, Casey, a rematch of last year's AFC divisional round matchup. The Bengals won that one 19 to 16. And the Titans, of course, were at last year's AFC number one seed. But Tannehill finished that game, oh, man, with a disastrous three interception performance in one of them, several of them down deep into the red zone. Oh, yeah. Where it, it basically said he had he had he, he needed therapy to get over the dark places that he was after that game. It was that bad for him, dude. Um, just felt like he threw the game away. And I kind of have to agree with him. Yeah, it's so brutal, man. Those opportunities don't um, present themselves very often. But the Bengals took advantage of that and rode it all the way to the Super Bowl coming up just a little bit short. But yep. Joey B, man, despite that crappy offensive line last week, 355 and four touchdowns, man. This guy, like, has so many games like this, though. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. multiple. And he's doing that um, without his true number one there. But your guy, Crazy. T. Higgins, is taking up the slack, dude. He had a nice game, nine catches, 148 uh, last week. No touchdowns, though. Um, good news is Jamar Chase was off of crutches last week, so he's getting close. Okay. To returning, so that's good. Bad news is Joe Mixon left the game last week uh, with concussion-like symptoms. Not sure um, what his deal is moving forward. The good news with that is Samaj P. Ryan came in and had three touchdowns. So lots of depth at the skill positions. The offensive line still needs to get better. This has been a pretty damn stingy defense, too. So um, this is going to be a grimy game, dude. Um, both of these teams need this win. The Bengals, man, in a fight to try to get to the top of that AFC North. But, man, it is not going to be easy sledding against those Titans, man. They play tough football, especially at home. Yeah, and Titans are 7-3 and and, you know, definitely one of these teams that's just sneaky good. You know, last week getting the W at Green Bay on Thursday night, handling business there. And I love the way they played in that game, dude. It was so physical, and they just went in there, punched Green Bay in the face. There's no doubt, Casey, this team basically it takes on Mike Vrabel's yeah. like, you know, persona. They are a physical, um, tough, smart, well-coached football team. And they will run you over like Derrick Henry likes to do 132 scrimmage yards in his 10th touchdown of the season last week. He is, he leads the league in carries and he leads the league in yards at over a thousand. So he's a guy that's busted the thousand yard mark at this point in the season. Tannehill also coming across, coming off a great game, 81 and a half percent completions, 333 yards and two touchdowns uh, for a 127.3 rating um, in that game against Green Bay. They pretty much shredded him up and uh, Traylon Burks uh, led the team with seven catches and he has 111 yards in that game. It's his first career 100 yard game. So Burks starting to play like the guy that they that they, you know, basically he replaced, which is A.J. Brown, of course. Um but Robert Woods also um, six catches last week. So they moved the ball around well. They're not a passing team. We know what they are. They run the ball down your throat. And then on the defensive side, it just seems like they're better than the pieces that they have. Yeah. As a whole unit, They Vrabel just gets them to play smart defense, situational defense. This is a team that will not beat themselves, and they're more than likely to beat you. So this is going to be a really good football. It's one of the highlight games of the weekend. 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one, Dave. All right, up next, we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Washington Commandos. The Commandos are three-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Both these teams hit, uh, with the uh, Falcons five and six and the Commandos six and five sort of hanging into that yeah. mix in that in-the-hunt feel. And so this is an actually a huge football game. Whoever comes out on top of this one is uh, giving themselves a chance to stay afloat in that in-the-hunt category. And the Falcons coming up, coming off of a nice win last week where they – uh, outdueled a Chicago team that's been playing some real good football, but just coming up short. But the Falcons, uh, Mariota, two touchdowns last week, uh, one through the air and one on the ground. Uh, Cordell, Cordero Patterson, 52 rushing yards, and of course that 103-yard kick return that's kind of was ultimately the difference in the game, that huge play. Um, and then running back Tyler Algier has been really impressive. He had 55 yards last week, but on the season, a real nice performance from Algier uh, from the rookie there. And uh, Drake London, another rookie pr- producing for this uh, team. So a lot of young guys contributing here and uh, sort of revitalizing Marcus Mariota's career. It'll be interesting indeed to see how they can do against a really tough uh, Washington Commanders defense. Yeah, dude, and emotion's going to be high there. The Commandos on Sunday are going to unveil the Sean Taylor statue at FedEx Field, dude. 15 years to the day of his untimely and tragic death, man. One of the rising stars in the league at the time of that. Um, but the, the Commandos, dude, they're a different team with Taylor uh, Heineke, man. The guy's got grit. He's got moxie, whatever superlatives you want to give him. He just plays like a hard ass, dude, and they've won five of his last six starts. And, dude, do they like this guy better than Carson Wentz? They've dropped zero passes of Heineke's wow. <laughs> last five starts. That's why he's 4-1 and one and have won five of the six, dude. Uh, the running back situation has become a nice one-two punch. Um, it started with Gibson, then it's gone to Brian Robinson. I think that might have sparked Gibson a little bit because he had over 100 scrimmage yards last week. And he's kind of started to pick up his play once there was competition there. Scary Terry, man, dude. This guy is a legit receiver there. Um, it's so hard to cover him. He he loves the big plays. He's leading the team with 50 receptions, um, his fourth straight 50-plus catch season. Um, so they really like what he's doing there. Curtis Samuel, he's back healthy and is really contributing to the offense. But, Dave, I'm going to talk about this defense, not just because you accidentally cut them last week, <laughs> and they proceeded to open up the game with a Kendall Fowler 37-yard touchdown off of interception. Yeah. That's not why I'm bringing it up, Dave. No, I'm bringing no. it up because— I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, you remember that part? Yeah. They're just really starting to play well, man. They are tough to run on. They're getting yeah. tougher to pass on. Um, Young has been activated. He's not uh, going to play yet. Hopefully he's closer to getting back. And you mentioned it, dude. These guys are right on the outskirts jumping over one of these teams going to seven and five would be huge for these commanders. And they have a lot of games left in the division too. So um, they beat Philly two weeks ago. They have two games with the giants. They have a game left with Dallas. They could get in this mix too, starting to play better. This is Heineke's team. I don't know what that means long-term for um, Carson Wentz, but for right now it means that um, there's no gimmies with these guys and they're playing pretty damn good football. Yeah. Ron Rivera asked at the press conference, uh, why he's going with Heineke um, over Carson Wentz. Um, his response, uh, the winning. <laughs> That's a pretty good reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> that covers it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. We're, we'll move along to the uh, the late games. It's the uh, uh, my Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, 
at the Arizona Cardinals. Chargers on the road are favored by three. Yeah, dude, these Cardinals, man, that nest is on fire. It's falling out of the tree. It's all bad there. I fully <laughs> expect Cliff Kingsbury to be fired by the end of the season, if not before. Just not getting the return. There's too much talent on this squad. Um, Colt McCoy kept them in there for a little bit, but, man, they just got overwhelmed by that 49ers team on Monday night. They might have should have stayed in Mexico City because um, it's not going good at home for these cards. It's just a mess, dude. I um, Underperforming. And, like, I want to say after last year, they're, like, I don't know, like 6 and 11 or something after that huge, what was a 9 or 10 game win streak to start the season. Yeah. It's just been a steady decline since then. Right. Um, I think major changes are coming for this squad soon. Yeah. Chargers sitting at five and five, having dropped two in a row, uh, but against good teams, it was the Niners. And then it was last week against the Chiefs, both close football games. Justin Herbert has played well uh, in them. Both of those games kind of ended with a Herbert pick um, on a deflection or something along those lines. But Herbert with two touchdowns and a 113 quarterback rating last week. It was great to get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams back, although Mike Williams' return was very short-lived, unfortunately. Uh, he did make a big play in that game. But uh, Keenan Allen, the difference you could see, five catches and 94 yards. He's just such a difference maker having him out there uh, for this squad. But uh, the absence of those two has led to the development of Joshua Palmer. This is a third-round draft pick coming into second year, and the Chargers had really, really uh, high hopes for him, and he's coming through. Eight catches, 106 yards, and two touchdowns last week uh, in a good football game for sure. Um, and, you know, this this team, I don't know, a lot of criticism comes to the Chargers head coach, uh, Brandon Staley. You know, oh, he was too gambled, too many gambles. And then this week we didn't go for it. No, no, he should have gone for it. Not enough gambling. So the guy can't catch a break, really. It's It's been a tough stretch here with injuries for the Chargers. Uh, they had 15 guys on injured reserve. We've gotten a couple of them back. We're going to get a couple more of them back. If they can get this W here, then that sets them up to still keep themselves in the mix. Some really tough games on the horizon for the Chargers, including uh, the Titans and the Dolphins, Ugh. which will be tough ones for sure. But that gives us a chance to play teams that are above us yeah. in in the rankings there. And there are other games against the Broncos, the Raiders, uh, the Colts, uh, who are pretty good now, uh, but uh, some winnable games in there too, nonetheless. So uh, this one would be on the winnable game list and the Chargers can't afford with the with some of those brutal games coming up to drop a game like this, especially Cardinals coming in on a short week after having been banged up. And I don't know if they're going to have the quarterback back or not, but Derwin James uh, has got to be licking his chops to try and, do you know even more to try and disrupt this Cardinals team and get after uh, if it happens to be um, Murray uh, if he can run around I don't know that's that's his that, that that's his game this Charger team they got to get this W yeah this is a really a, a huge game for both of these squads man yeah. um, a loss probably eliminated all right up next the Las Vegas Raiders at the Seattle Seahawks and Dave let me give you a uh, the Seahawks are three and a half point favorites at home. I'll go ahead and do this so you don't have to talk up the, the Raiders. Devontae <laughs> Adams, you. dude, seven for 141, two touchdowns, as we mentioned, in total fantasy domination. One of those was a 35-yard game-winning touchdown catch in overtime over the Broncos. Adams has three career overtime touchdowns. That's tied um, with um, Hall of Famer LT Ladanian Tomlinson for the most overtime TDs in NFL history. Nice. And that was a um, 
a really satisfying win, I'm sure, for the Raiders because obviously having lost as many as they have this year and just the season not t- being the way it was. Last year, they won all those close games. This year, they're f- they're just losing them all. It's as simple as that. But anytime you beat a division rival like the Broncos and it was that tight, you know, uh, sitting there in overtime, it's anybody's game uh, for that thing to work their way like that. And when Devontae Adams beat um, the rookie or the, the superstar corner there uh, for the Broncos, completely smoked him for that game-winning touchdown. So that was an awesome feeling, I'm sure, for these uh, Raiders who have really struggled this year. Derek Carr had a nice game, though, over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And it's still, Josh Jacobs has been on this tear five or six games in a row where he's really been dominant, 160 scrimmage yards last week for Josh Jacobs. So if they can get that going, those will be good things against a pretty stout uh, Seahawks defense here. So um, Max Crosby, Chandler Jones, Denzel Perryman, all guys that have made a big difference, and in particular, uh, Max Crosby, two sacks and a forced fumble last week. He leads the team with nine sacks. He's always good for some pressures at critical times and for a sack, it seems like, uh, for the Raiders here. Yeah, dude, and it's hard to lose on your bye week, but the Seahawks did, man. After that Week 10 loss to the Bucks in Munich, they're sitting home. The Niners win, and the Niners move into first place in that mm-hmm. NFC West division. Seahawks still in the uh, playoffs right now, but they're going to have to win some ball games down the stretch here. Geno Smith, man, in the running for comeback player of the year. Mm-hmm. You can't say enough about what the guy's been doing at quarterback. And it's not just like, oh, barely getting along. He's playing great football, dude. Yeah. So yeah. Um, hopefully he can keep that going. Kenneth Walker has been such a... Uh, I don't think a surprise for these guys. They knew what they were getting, but he's been even better than advertised, dude. He's leading all rookies with seven rush TDs, and he's got a TD in five of his last six games. Metcalf and Lockett, great receivers there. They kind of have a mix with Disley and some other guys at tight end. Just be efficient on offense. Don't turn the ball over. The Raiders will make the mistakes. You just have to capitalize on them. And like I said, uh, on the bye week, the Niners win and move into first place. Um, The Seahawks have some work to do. But already this season is way better than everybody outside of Seattle had anticipated. And probably most of the 12s did too. So they're right in the mix. They're going to be a tough out for anybody. But they would love to get that playoff game at home where we know they are difficult to beat. Um, Raiders going to have their hands full on Sunday. Up next, it's our Los Angeles Rams. Well, actually, your Los Angeles Rams. No, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> At the Kansas City Chiefs. This this line, a whopping 14 and a half. Uh, wow. Uh, Dave, and I don't think this is going to be like that uh, – that game from a few uh, years right. ago at the Coliseum. 55 to 52 yeah. or something. One of the best games ever. Oh, man, when the schedule came out, this likely was going to be a huge game, maybe a Super Bowl preview, but that Rams O-line has been a complete disaster. Stafford, the, the NFL's thermos sack quarterback with 22. Um, the rushing offense, 31st, scoring less than 17 points a game. Um, that's bad news because the Chiefs are coming in with that number one ranked uh, passing offense and points per game at 30. And we're not even sure Stafford's going to play. He is or he isn't in the concussion protocol after being in the concussion protocol. Dude, you're a multimillionaire. You're young. You're wearing a ring on that hand. You got it last year. No reason to jump back in the fire for a team that is not going to make the playoffs. Sometimes you got to make a business decision, dude. And this would be a week to do that. I, uh, if I'm Stafford, I'm screwing up that cognitive test big time left and right. Yep, I must be concussed still. Yeah, <laughs> not playing in this one. All right, Dave, up next, we got the New Orleans Saints 
at the San Francisco 49ers, and the Niners are eight-and-a-half-point favorites at home. And this Saints team under Dennis Allen, Casey, uh, when they went into this season, I mean, with all the, the moves they made in the offseason, trading up for Olave and everything, and to be sitting here at four and seven, um, and, and, you know, they come, up, come off of a really nice win against the Rams, who are obviously struggling this year. But um, I think this is a pretty disappointing, one of the more disappointing squads in the NFL for what they possibly could have been and where they're sitting right now. But Andy Dalton remains the quarterback and he had um, a nice game uh, in week 11 there. Um, 84% completions, 260 and three touchdowns. That was a career high 149.6 passer rating for Dalton. They really, though, can't rely on that. And and it's mostly Chris Olave, but Jarvis Landry back last week for uh, his first touchdown uh, of the season. Uh, over 100 yards for Olave and a score there. But they really can't rely on that. They need Kamara to to be the engine that drives this thing. And if Kamara gets stuffed, stuffed up or whatever, they these guys are it's just not there's not enough around them to get it done. So they are negative 12 in the um, giveaway takeaway. Ugh. So, oof. That just tells the story right there. You're not going to have a winning record with that kind of nonsense. Yeah, dude, that's bad news because this uh, Niners defense is getting healthy and they are lights out already, dude. Nick Bosa, man, he is a monster. Fred Warner, absolute mm-hmm. monster. But, dude, what's scary about this team is the offense is starting to come around, dude. Adding yep. Christian McCaffrey to this mix with the mad scientist that is uh, Kyle Shanahan. We've not even seen half of what these guys are going to be capable of. And, dude, thank God they didn't throw Jimmy G in the trash bin like they were trying to earlier. No doubt. It's kind of been like just a a sweet serendipity there, dude. On Monday night, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, 131.9 pass rating. And the team freaking loves this guy, dude. I bet if you asked all those cats off the record going in, if they were Trey or Jimmy guys, 90% would have been Jimmy guys, man. I'm George Kittle, dude. Two touchdowns on Monday night. And that last one, it looked like three or four Cardinals just kind of stepped out of the way to let him get to the end zone, man. They didn't want any part of that. And this is just a a brutal run game that wears you down. Elijah Mitchell is back and healthy, man. Brandon Ayuk, a couple touchdowns. They can hit you from anywhere. They're tough. They're physical. They've got all the pieces, man. This is definitely a team that's ascending. And they were in the NFC Championship last year. One dropped interception away from the Super Bowl. Oh, now there's uh, Christian McCaffrey on the team. Holy shit. Yeah, dude. yeah and they, they, uh, they found their way through a lot of injuries earlier in the season. A lot of those guys getting back, getting healthy, adding Christian McCaffrey. I mean, what can you say? They are... They're one of the scariest teams in the NFL right now. Okay, moving it to Sunday night football. It is the Green Bay Packers, and they are heading to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Eagles at home favored by seven in this one. Yeah, dude, and all the equity that the uh, Niners had built up with, I mean, the uh, Packers had built up with that Cowboy loss just all kind of went away last Thursday night when they were unable to beat the Titans. Um, Looks like it got it started too slow, you know. Uh, Watson and Lazard are coming through. Watson's been crazy. Five TDs in his last two games. Um, I don't know if they even envisioned that's what they were getting when they drafted this guy. But starting to get the chemistry there. The offensive line is still kind of banged up. Nice running game there. I don't think they relied enough on the running game early while they were trying to work those receivers and kind of tried to stay with what they were doing too much. And it cost them a couple wins along the way. Not dead yet. On the outskirts at four and seven. Um, tough task going into Philly to beat um, those Eagles. But if they can beat them, 
it's not out of the you know possibility of sneaking into that seventh seed. So um, lots of injuries there. This is going to be a tough game, but we're seeing flashes for the future. Will that future um, still include Aaron Rodgers, or will they try to you know work out some kind of deal? Hey, let's find a team that you want to go to, keep that 150 mil, and then move on to the Love era because wow, got so many young pieces jiving. Does he want to stay for this, or would he like to go somewhere else? Um, you know, I can't imagine getting rid of that guy, but we've seen, you know, we saw Joe Montana go, you know, yeah. it, it, it happens. So, yeah. Interesting. All right, Casey, let's talk about this Eagles team that's sitting at nine and one. And after dropping a game, uh, to go out of the ranks of the undefeated, they came back and it was a close win against Indianapolis last week. Um, and, uh, when it came down to it, Jalen Hurts took it upon himself, uh, to run the football in, he got that. Uh, go ahead, touchdown there. Looked like the Colts basically defense like scattered. Yeah, because <laughs> he just ran right down the middle of the field. But um, and he he's been amazing running the football, and there's no question about that. This team's got a good offensive line, and they can run the football uh, on anybody it seems. But um, he's also done a great job passing uh, as well on the season. Um, you know, 2,407 yards passing, 15 touchdowns, just three picks, and a 108. Uh, 106.5 passer rating. So I don't know. I mean, we look at him as a running quarterback, but he's really a dual threat quarterback because the, the efficiency with which he's passing is pretty impressive. Devontae Smith has been a very effective weapon for him. Uh, six catches for 78 yards last week. And obviously bringing over A.J. Brown has been an enormous, enormous offseason move. Uh, one of the biggest ones of any team that, uh, this offseason. So he has really done a great job for this Eagles squad. The big thing, they're they're super awesome on defense in the front for sure. They're hard to run on, physical up front. And here's the deal. Giveaway, takeaway, plus 13 wow. on the season. The only game they lost was the game that they lost the turnover ratio on. Obviously, with plus 13, you're winning the turnover battle in almost every game you play. And that gives you uh, every opportunity to get to 9-1 and one like they are. Oh, and they added Linval Joseph and Tomacon right. Sue to the defense if it wasn't good enough. Yeah. Beefing up that yeah, the rotation. Unbelievable now. All right. One game left, Dave. Monday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are two and a half point favorites. Dave, where are the Monday night football flex gods when you need them? <laughs> yeah, this one not quite what they had hoped for. Uh Steelers at three and seven. Uh Coming off a loss last week, uh, they played valiantly against Cincinnati, but uh, not good enough. Only 17 points a game for the Steelers squad that is struggling uh, with rookie quarterback uh, Kenny Pickett with three touchdowns and eight picks on the season. That's not very good. Najee Harris has struggled to run the ball at just 3.7 yards a carry. That's well below league average and just three touchdowns on the season even though he is coming across uh, coming off of a 116 yard performance with two touchdowns. So two of his three touchdowns were last week. So uh, one bright spot or a couple of bright slots. I'd say TJ Watt getting back and a, and, and a pick last week. That was That's sick, pretty, dude. Yeah, it was pretty impressive. And he's obviously a dude that plays and brings the level of the play around him up. But let's talk back on the offensive side. Rookie George Pickens has led the team. Um, uh, last week with receiving yards and has uh, two career touchdowns last week. So Pickens really, really uh, coming along as a rookie receiver. Seems like the Steelers always pick good receivers. Whoever they're scouting receivers is is just doing a great job or they're developing exceptionally well. But I know you love this guy, Casey. 
tight end Pat Fryermuth, Casey. Are you talking is, about Patrick Christian Anthony Equinemius Fryermuth? That is the very one, Casey. Uh, he had eight catches and 79 yards last week. He has been a bright spot on this uh, Steelers team that even when they stink, they still hover around four, uh, 500. They're sitting at 3-7, and seven, though, right now. Yeah, and Colts, you know, this is a weird team. They they should have beat Philly last week a couple mistakes down the stretch, and it really cost them that game, yeah. and that would have been their signature win that they needed for this season. Still um, just scoring under 16 points a game or right around 16, uh, 17, 16 last week. They needed to be at 17. <laughs> um, Matt Ryan's going to keep them in games, dude. He's not the MVP, Matty Ice, but – um, he can still lead them when he needs to. But this team is all about that run game. Jonathan Taylor, um, 84 yards and a, a touchdown last week. Um, you know, they're tough. Four, six, and one. They need some stuff to go right for them to get into the mix. Yeah. Hopefully the crowd will be fired up there at home. They really miss um, Leonard on the defense. There's no two ways about it. Him being gone is just a, you know, a brutal loss for those guys that they haven't been able to overcome. We'll see what happens down the stretch. Um, Saturday in there as the coach, is he going to hold the job long-term? What are they doing at quarterback next year? Yep. Um, so many questions for these Colts, but you know what? You beat these Steelers on Monday night. Who cares what the records are? That's something to at least feel good about. Casey, and if, if Saturday would have won against those Eagles last week and they almost pulled it off, they might have had to change his name to Jeff Sunday. Oh, yeah, baby. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All righty. Casey, so many ways the people out there can check out the Football Dudes. Trend Zone now available for subscription. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and like us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Football Dudes LA. Make sure you tag us across all social media platforms. That is an option, Casey. Or just go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. Why not do all of that stuff? Do it all. Do it all, baby. A little checklist there. That's going to do it, folks, for this episode of Trends Out. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. We want to wish you all out there a happy Thanksgiving for Casey. I'm Dave, and we are out of here.